final hour here on 104.5 The Zone. Happy Friday if you're just now joining the program. We're so excited to have you a part of the proceedings. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio will join us in just a few moments. Coming up next, we will talk all things Titans preseason with Titans Radio's head coach. Always enjoy our time with the main man, Mac. We are live out here at 104.5 The Zone's 2021 Summer Golf Classic, by the way, a Champions Run golf course in scenic Rockvale, Tennessee. Many thanks to all of the people who have made this possible. Special thanks to people like Uncle Bud's Catfish, Chicken, and such for providing lunch because I was just over there with Mickey Ryan, and lunch smells fantastic. That is what I am jealous of. What, the The most? Yes, the catfish and chicken. See, cat, I mean, I have I have mixed emotions. I uh I'm not I'm not a I'm not like a baked beans person and I feel like everything is smothered in baked beans like in those plates like I just I'm one of those weirdos that doesn't like their food to touch. So I kind of I kind of get anal about what's physically in the basket, but it does smell delightful. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. And of course, Uncle Bud's is uh always has fine fare for you to sample. Um we will get into what we're watching. If you want to weigh in, you can do that. 615-737-1045 is the number. 615-737-1045. So far, we have, uh, we have been able to get this radio show off the ground with minimal issues, Lucas. But I will tell you that I was not aware that when we're in the commercial breaks, Kirby Allen Kirby informed me of this, when we're in the commercial breaks, you and I are over the loudspeaker. And so the entirety of the clubhouse heard me checking in with you about a pee break that I had to take. And that was not a... Uh, was not a great moment for me. So I hope I hope you're happy. Yeah, I am. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, listen, if you're if you're stuck home alone in the studio and the rest of us are out here in Rockvale at Champions Run, that's the least I can do is give you a laugh at my expense. You're welcome. Brighten my day. Brighten your day. Well, good. You know, who doesn't like to see their friends fail every once in a while? It's basically the theme of the show. Speaking of speaking of potential failure, um, who the hell is coaching the Titans on Saturday? Does anybody know? Anybody tell me? I tried to ask the head coach yesterday, and we were met with, uh, you know, I think Mike Mike was not in a great mood. Mike Vrabel was not in a not in a sunshine and puppies and butterflies mood yesterday. Why would he be? Because he found out that his quarterback was going on the COVID list. So of course he's going to be a little bit of a little bit of a sour patch kid. But when I asked him yesterday. And I believe we have this audio from yesterday's press conference or Zoom conference, given that the head coach is currently under COVID protocol and will be unavailable for Saturday's game. And that Greg Aukerman, the special teams coach, the head coach in case of, in case of emergency, has missed the last two practices. And we were informed yesterday that he is also in the COVID protocol. So who the hell is coaching the Titans? This was Mike Vrabel on Thursday. We're going to be, we're going to be fine. You know, Matt Edwards will help out and, you know, I, I promise you we'll be, um, we'll be just fine for Saturday. Um, so I'm, I'm confident in that, you know, Matt will have some help. The biggest thing for, for the preseason and special teams is just trying to corral the, the million of moving parts of, you know, who's, who's still in the game, who, who's, who's not. And that's the biggest thing. You know, the schemes are going to stay, you know, fairly consistent and, and fairly basic. Um, but it'll be about, you know, who can make sure that we can help Matt, you know, corral the guys that are on the punt team, you know, the guys that are up on the kickoff team in the third quarter or fourth quarter, you know, making sure that that, that operation is sound. 
So that was Titans head coach Mike Vrabel speaking about, you know, who the hell is going to coach the football team on Saturday, given that the, uh, the head coach himself and the backup head coach are not going to be available. So basically the question that we asked him, the follow-up question, and you'll hear his response to that here in just a second, was, you know, why, why not just and, – and Matt Edwards is a special teams assistant. He is a first-year defensive assistant. If you did not know that, it's okay. You're forgiven. Half of us didn't know that either. No, I'm kidding. Respectfully to Matt Edwards. I don't want to just disrespect Matt Edwards because of the circumstances that this team finds itself in because, you know, they're playing football through a global pandemic, and what the hell? Of course this is going to happen. So basically, the follow-up for Mike was, yeah, so can, can you be just a little bit more specific about who's, who's running the show on Saturday? Can you give us just a little bit more information? And uh, he did not respond in necessarily the most uh, diplomatic of ways. What, I don't, what, what are we deciding? Like, who's going to challenge the, the calls on Saturday night, Paul? What, what are, what's, somebody's what do we want to know? Yep. And on Saturday night, you'll know exactly who it is, Paul. <laughs> so when, when Jim Schwartz gets up to the podium and does the postgame media availability, and then the entirety of the Titans fan base goes crazy because that's what they've been screaming for, basically, since Shane Bowen got a promotion, uh, you can uh, – you, <laughs> you, think, you think Mike meant to build the suspense that way? I don't think so. What about Coach Mack? <laughs> Nobody's saying this. So Brad Willis of Titans Radio is here, and he is standing directly in front of the speaker. I think that if, Lucas, you were to suggest to Brad Willis that you would take Coach Mack out of the booth and put him on the sideline. Well, no, he could that, do both. Well, that Brad Willis might swing on you, basically. He could do both. Would be. I don't want him fist. to leave the Titans Radio booth either. What do you mean he could do both? You're going to have him call the game whilst coaching the game? Okay, that's good. Just run how, away from how, the microphone. I thought I turned on my mic. That's my fault. How amazing would that be? <laughs> like like Saragusa, that's how you're going to have him do this thing? I, th- I, think, he, I think he could pull it off. I, well, listen, I, all things are possible through Coach Mack. But, and we'll, you know, we'll ask him, Mack, have you been approached? Since he's going to be a, join us coming up next. Uh, Wade Swearingen, I think is how you pronounce Wade's last name, Tweets us, is Schwartz eligible to fill in as head coach? I mean, anybody is eligible, right? It's not like they have it's not like they have eligibility, like college football players or something like that. By the way, did you see that J.R. Smith got his eligibility to play college golf? That makes me so happy. At uh, I think it's like Alabama A&T or something like that. Not the same kind of eligibility. So, yeah, in theory, they could put anybody. They could put Lucas out there. They could put Coach Mack out there although I'm sure there's some kind of rule about them needing to be affiliated with the coaching staff prior to making that decision. And by the way, Mike Vrabel is not allowed to have any contact with these guys on Saturday in game. He said uh, he was joking. Well, I'm sure he's serious, but he said he's going to listen to the game on the radio and watch it on TV to hear Mike Keith and Coach Mack on the call. Of course, Titans radio coverage begins at 5 p.m. on Saturday, where we hope to see many, many of you out at Nissan Stadium. It's the first time that, you know, people can attend the Titans game en masse since basically the 2019 season. So I think, uh, I think the attendance is going to be above average for a preseason game. It's been really cool to see the way that people have kind of flocked back to football because we're just so happy to be able to do things semi-normally again. If you want to jump in on the conversation, 615-737-1045 is how you do so. 615-737-1045. So... With, with the chain of command, I, I saw this, and in fact, brought up by Brad Willis on Twitter yesterday, why they would not want to be completely forthcoming about who may be running the show on Saturday. They don't necessarily know who's going to be eligible to coach and how much further the close contact situation with COVID could reach. So from that standpoint, I understand 
Mike Vrabel being a, a little bit more combative and also being pissy because his quarterback just went on the COVID list, and that's not good news for anybody involved. But as far as this is concerned, um, they are going to need some kind of multi, multi-layered contingency plan because Vrabel having COVID now, not dealing with symptoms is important. Of course, we hope that all of these guys who have been who have tested positive recover in quick fashion and are not left with any lingering symptoms like somebody like Miles Garrett last year. You saw him talk about how his performance was affected or Jason Tatum with the Celtics who now uses an inhaler, whereas before he did not have to. As do I. Wait, after getting COVID, you use an inhaler? Yeah, I, every now and then. You're kidding. Why, no. why is this the first time we're talking about I think this? I've brought this up. Information. I think I've brought this up before. Oh, so you're calling me a bad teammate because I don't listen to you when you talk? I think so. All right, very good. But, yeah, when I got it in December, I mean, it was like three or four weeks after that. I mean, we've, I've talked to you about this definitely, that I, just, I had breathing right. issues for a while. Yeah. Uh, after, yeah, way after I got out of it. And I went to the doc, and, you know, he kind of was spitballing to just try this and prescribed it. And I think it helped. I don't know if it's a placebo thing, but every now and then, even today, like, I think I used it on Tuesday. It's never more than once every maybe one or two weeks. But every now and again, yeah, I'll just uh, take a puff. Uh well, that's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you fear first and foremost about the situation with any of these guys, right? If you're, if you're somebody who is saying, yeah, you feel pretty good about Ryan Tannehill getting COVID now because now he won't, it won't affect him during the regular season. Well, you have no idea the lasting implications of this thing for Ryan Tannehill and how this may it affect his individual case. It's unfortunate. What is not unfortunate is Coach Dave McGinnis. Coach Mack always brightens the proceedings. He will join us live coming up next. I'm Buck Rising, and this is 104.5 The Zone. That music means one thing on a Friday, and we love to see it. Well, I can't physically see it because I can't get on the Zoom, but I know that the man in black, Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, is in the Zoom. Here with us on 104.5 The Zone, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, health care coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Mac, my man, how we living? Actually, hang on one second, Coach Mac Kirby. I think my uh, my mic pad or my headphones just went out. Let's see if we can't get that situation resolved. Hate to have have that happen when Coach Mac is in the middle of great exceptional analysis, as is always the case. Here on 104.5 The Zone. Let me see if I have it back. Mac, how are we? All right, now I can't hear Coach Mac. <laughs> I can't okay. hear Buck? There is Mac. Hello, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Buck, are, where, are, are, are you broadcasting from Greenland? Where are we? <laughs> no, I'm out in Rockville, Mac. There's no there's no skyscrapers around me. I get nervous when I get too far away from the city. I panic. So now this is this is seeping through the broadcast. Well, I, I mean, I see Lucas. I can see him on the Zoom here. He's like an octopus trying to <laughs> take about eight dials at one time. He's doing a good job. We'll get it done. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm living just fine. I'm ready to get the I'm ready to get the final preseason game under our belt so we can advance forward to the regular season. But I know that there's a lot of guys out there competing for jobs and a lot of important position battles that we have been monitoring throughout the course of this thing. With uh, with what is happening right now with the Titans and their COVID situation, Mac, though, I wonder what you make of, of how they are going to handle things on Saturday without the head coach 
present and available. And without Craig Aukerman, who has basically been Mike Vrabel when Mike Vrabel is not able to be there, how do you, how do you expect they are going to coordinate this thing with the players on the field? Because I know that can be complex. No, Buck, I guarantee you, Mike Vrabel is way ahead of that curve. He's got it, he's got it figured out. They will, be, they will be just fine. They've got enough experienced coaches on the staff. And, and Mike Vrabel, is, uh, he's, he's way, way, way ahead of that decision. He, they'll be in good shape. And that's basically what he said. Now, uh, Mac, I, I don't think the audience knows much about Matt Edwards. And, and frankly, I can't say that I know a ton about him other than his role with the team, working with special teams and the defense as an assistant, uh, understanding, you know, I, I don't, and I don't know how well you know Matt Edwards yourself, Mac, but I guess if you could kind of, if you do know anything about him, what, what, kind, what can we expect from Matt Edwards in, in this role that Mike Brabel seems to have him helping out on on Saturday? Well, what's important now, especially for the special teams, but the, the most, uh, a real challenging job in the preseason is for the special teams coach for this reason. You have guys you're trying to look at on the big four, punt, punt yeah. return, kickoff, kickoff return. And plus they are playing significant snaps on offense and defense to try to establish if they've got a chance, you know, to be on the final roster. So what you have to involve is not only the special teams coach or the special teams assistant, you have to involve the other assistant coaches so that they will know definitively what the playing time is going to be. You don't want a guy taking 15 to 17 straight snaps on offense or defense, and then all of a sudden having to take all of the special team snaps too. That is the biggest challenge because you've got a large number of people. And in the regular season, Buck, you've got your special teams player. A lot of them aren't playing those first uh, lines of offense or defense. So that's the challenge is, is being sure that, that you're synced up as far as to when the reps are going to be taken. And that's what Mike was talking about. I mean, I've been through it as a head coach and, and you go, you sit down as a staff and you go through these things before you even start. Now, the one thing that you always have to be ready for is a contingency injury plan. If somebody happens to have something go down and then you've got to, you've got to stair step it up, you know, to the next situation. And that's what he's talking about. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, it's going to, I imagine it looks something like when Lucas is having to spin eight dials at once to make sure that I get on the air, Mac. I imagine well, the preseason like experience is yeah, going to be a little like bit it. like but, that. But Lucas handled it very well, and the, and the Titans coaches will handle it very well. Indeed. So you've been monitoring. You got you and Mike and and, uh, and Rhett Bryan and Amy Wells, Philip Noel, uh, uh, Bra uh, Brad Willis. You guys have been telling the story of so many of these players as they try and find their way, some of them, with spots on the roster already, but guys who are trying to prolong their NFL careers or find a new niche for them to fit in their NFL careers, who are you kind of looking at on Saturday? I know there's a great many of them, but what are some of the storylines that you guys are going to focus in on when we hear your broadcast on, on Titans Radio? Well, first of all, we focus on all of it. I mean, we do it just like we're doing. I mean, it, we're, doing, we're doing a game, and, yeah. and that's, that, that, that's, you know, that is what our standard is. And so when you start to look at it, but to your point, I mean, this is the last time some of those guys are going to be able to show what they can do. I think it's very interesting at the receiver position because clearly, you know, you've got quite a few of them that have stood out, especially with uh, the, the first two and, and sometimes the first three not, not being uh, available for the first uh, two regular season games. That's an important position, I think, to look at. I think, think Makai Sargent and those backup running backs are important. I said it last week going into the broadcast and on the broadcast that I was interested in those guys because one and two will not be available at the running back position. So three, four, and five move up to one, two, and three. I think Makai Sargent, you know, has, has, has stood out. 
I think it's very important, you know, to, to be able to see what those guys can continue to contribute and then, you know, make it at least hard for the coaches to make a decision when the final cut has to be made. But for, but for me, and again, and, and watching, and watching the secondary, I mean, I absolutely love, you know, uh, you know, what Elijah Molden was able to do with his oh, opportunity. So I mean, that, that, I mean, I love that. I was on Sirius XM uh, yesterday, you know, with, with Pat Kerwin and Jim Miller and, and he, he, they asked me, you know, who I thought stood out. And I said, without a doubt, you know, he did. Of course, you know, his story, his dad, you know, Alex was a first round pick out of Oregon. Uh, uh, Elijah made a name for himself again, you know, uh, with Washington. And then, I mean, he displayed what exactly what I saw when I was vetting him during the draft. I mean, this guy understands the nuances, which there are a lot of, of playing that slot position. I love the fact that he showed up like he did. And uh, I'm, in, I'm interested to see him do a little bit more against a different type of offense. The, the instincts that he displayed, uh, Elijah Molden, Mac, to me, I, I, I know what kind of player he was. And you go back and look at 2020, you understand that the Pac-12 had a stunted season as, as many conferences did in college football. But even, even the tape on 19, like, I don't know why it surprised me that he came out with such an impact all over the field, whether it's in blitzing situations or whether they're, you know, whether he's making a fourth and one stop that turns into the first scoring drive for the Titans offense of that game. I shouldn't have been surprised by it because we know that he has all these traits and that's what you're looking for in a preseason game. But it's still, I could not have been more impressed with that young man. Well, I agree with you. And again, as I say, the nuances, you know, that I talk about for that position, because it's not only a cover position. I mean, you're, you're part of the run front when you're out there in the slot, you know, in sub packages, you are part of the run front and being able to read the, the uncovered tackle and being able to read which back way the back is offset and to trigger on runs at fourth down was amazing. Plus, I mean, the, the blitz, you know, the nickel blitz, they brought him on. I mean, you know, he had to, he had to skinny through two guys and then crawl to make the, to make that sack. I mean, I've seen another guy do that in my career. Uh, when I was at the Rams, Robert Quinn did that, you know, split two guys and then crawl and get up and make a sack. And he only had 19 and a half sacks that year. So, I mean, but the instincts that you have, I mean, I, I loved what Elijah said. He said he kind of blacked out at that moment. Well, right. what that really means uh, he, it means he was playing off of instinct in that situation that you cannot plan for. I, I really like the player. He's a ball. He's a football player. And that's the two best words to describe him. And it's the highest compliment I can pay him as a young guy in this league. He's a football player. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans radio here with us on one Oh four, five, the zone. So Mac, this is about as, as uh, the preseason is all about, you know, how these guys take their technique from the practice field and implement them in a game that does have stakes as far as their jobs are concerned, but on as far as wins and losses ultimately do not matter like the regular season does. But the simulations that they put these guys through are as real as it can possibly get without those implications. There is no more real situation that they can simulate for these backup quarterbacks than a starter who is unavailable due to COVID-19 and these guys having to go in and have live-action reps. How, what, are you, what have you seen from the development of somebody like Matt Barkley, who's come in a little bit later in camp, and how have you seen kind of Logan Woodside respond to that increased competition at the backup quarterback spot? Well, you make a great point, Buck. I think Matt Barkley, without a doubt, has upped the ante on the on the competition there because, I mean, you know, Deshaun Kaiser proved not to be much competition, and so I think it, it, it's helped it's helped both of them. Look, and and here's what you're looking at: Matt Barkley is a veteran in this league. And you just can't manufacture experience, Buck, in this league. 
You really can't. And so you can see that of the, of the way that he operates a new offense to him. And Logan Woodside, again, you know, can, can sense that that's going on. I think it's, I think I really like the way that Mike Vrabel is handling this. You're playing them two series on and two series off. It, it's, it's very realistic. It gives them all a different look. And plus it doesn't really let them get into a rhythm because as a backup quarterback in this league, when a game starts, guess what you're not going to be able to do? Get into rhythm. And so I, I really like, you know, wh what he is doing with this. But I think uh, without a doubt that the addition of Matt Barkley has upped the ante on that competition. Coach, with two new coordinators on the staff, obviously Bowen now an official defensive coordinator for the Titans, how much scheme-based stuff is actually being installed during preseason games with a lot of guys that probably aren't going to be on the roster? I guess the question is, how much are the Arizona Cardinals rolling on Titans preseason tape ahead of that week one matchup here in Nashville? Well, the, 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 the game planning is none, Lucas. The game planning is none. But you, I like your question because of this. You're going, to, you're going to, just like Buck said earlier when we started this, uh, you're going to work on the fundamentals and the techniques that you've been practicing you know, all, all, all summer. And that's what you look as a coach. You look at and see who's been able to implement that in stressful situations. But you're not game planning this at all. But to your point, here's something that I think is beneficial. They're going to play Justin Fields, who is a tremendous off-schedule quarterback. This kid's going to be a good quarterback in this league. But right now, being brand new, he's got a, a tremendous athletic ability to take off and move with it. You saw what Felipe Franks did against Atlanta when they, they weren't planning you know, for him at all. So what it gives you, and, and oh, by the way, our first two opponents, talk about the off-schedule ability of Kyler Murray, talk about the off-schedule ability you know, uh, 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 of the Seattle quarterback, Russell Wilson. That's what we're going to see. So any of that is very, very important. But, but know this, Lucas, and for our listeners, and I like your question, there is no game planning for these games. There is no game planning for these games. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. Of course, the Titans Radio crew on the call on Saturday between the Titans and the Bears, the final preseason game. Uh, this one, a home game at Nissan Stadium. And I know, Mac, you're excited to have the fans back in the building. I'm certain of that. Oh, man. Hey, Buck, I, I, you know, we, we, we had the Titans Foundation uh, uh, event this week. And it just, you know, of course, it was jam-packed with a lot of – I love being there, yeah. you know, and, and, and being able to be up on stage and express to them how much they just, you know, mean to me as far as doing the job that I have to do now. Absolutely. I can't wait. I can't wait to have the fans there. Fans here are a huge part of it. I mean, that's one of the biggest joys I get now out of, uh, out of this part of my second career is being able to interact with, with the fans. Because as a, as a head coach, you know, and a coach, you don't get to do that because you're doing other things you know, about 25-7, you know, every day. So uh, this is what I love, and I really am happy that they're going to be there, and I can't wait because the energy that they bring, I mean, it just means everything as, to an NFL game. Now, don't act like you're still not working 25-7, Mac. You can't convince me otherwise. I know what your schedule looks like. Well, it's just, I mean, yeah, look, I'm not <laughs> one to say how much I'm working. I'm, no, I, I will know. say this, how much I love doing what I'm doing. I promise you that. No question. So, Mac, I, I want to kind of circle back to the Justin Fields thing, though, because that, yeah. that is somebody uh, in a, there are very few people who have the experience of being an NFL head coach. And what is happening with Justin Fields in a fan base that you are intimately familiar with in the Chicago Bears. They have been so desperate for so long for high-level quarterback play, and it seems like they are all in on the promise of this particular player. The, Matt Nagy has chosen to go with Andy Dalton as the week one starter, 
And I think a lot of people in the audience wouldn't necessarily understand a decision like that. Can you kind of walk the audience through the process of what it's like when you have a promising rookie quarterback who you've drafted in the first round, but you're opting for the veteran in a week one start? Yeah, I mean, the Bears have been chasing the quarterback since Jim McMahon. I mean, they really right. had. They, they, got, they had a little glimpse of it, you know, when we had Jim Harbaugh there, you know, who, who did a nice job. But they, for, for sustained success, they've been chasing one since Mac. You know, and so it, to me here, look, let me tell you what a head coach is thinking right now. And let, let me give you this example. I was the head coach at the Senior Bowl when David Carr was coming out, okay? I had the South team. Mike Holmgren had the North team. He and I both talked about David Carr. David Carr had everything that you would want, everything that you would want. Well, you know, I talked to the people at the Texans, you know, uh, Dom Capers at, at the time, and he asked me what I thought. I said, Dom, this dude can do it. He's going to be a guy. But he was put down there, you know, with, with, a, with a brand new franchise that was just gathering people together, and they couldn't protect him, Right. And so I think David Carr had his career derailed going in early on against, sure. uh, you know, because that happens, that happens. And so they don't want this to happen to Justin Fields. He's going to eventually be the quarterback, but here's the other thing I will say, Buck. And, and I look, I, I know Chicago bear fans you know, better than probably anybody listening to this, to this broadcast. I lived it for 10 years. I know I was the head coach for six hours there and didn't know it for three. I may, I may, I may try to go over to their sideline and get six minutes in as a head coach for them so that I can get that year on my pinch. No, the Titans right? need you coach. I was the about Titans, saying, Mac, need, the Titans you. need you as the coach. They're running out of guys. Oh, they can run out there. The Titans don't need me, but I, I might get six minutes out of the Bears so that they can add that to my to my pension. Anyway, the thing the thing that's important to know is, as a head coach in this league in these types of situations, here's a real good rule: if you start listening to the fans on all your decisions, then sooner or later you'll be sitting in the stands with those fans. Okay. Yeah. You need to do what's best for your your football team at the moment. It might not be the most popular at the time, but you need to do what you know in your profession is the best thing to do. I think he is doing the right thing, and I also believe this. Justin Fields will be in there sooner than later. Yeah, I think that's the – I think that's the thought process that, that certainly makes the most sense if you're thinking about it rationally. But, yeah, you know, fans, they don't always think rationally, Mac. That's okay. We love them anyway. Uh, no, Mac, you love them. And, I, and I'm not disparaging fans. I just no, no, no. know. I understand. I know they know. I mean, yes, because – and especially in Chicago because they have been uh, just yearning yes. for a, a dude to be that dude basically since Jim McMahon you know, was there when I was there. So from the standpoint of, of defending Justin Fields, Mac, I think this is going to be a, a, an interesting test for the depth guys along the Titans defense. They've, they've played a handful of starters, not a ton of snaps on this Titans defense, but some of them have gotten time. Um, with, with the defense, though, they haven't allowed a touchdown in two preseason games. They've given up, uh, they've given up only four of 26 third-down conversions from opposing offenses. How much can we look at this and say, okay, it is the preseason, but at some point you have to take the execution seriously. Well, you, the mindset is the most important thing because that's been their mindset and that's been their, their, their mantra this whole, the whole offseason after last year. They knew they had to get better on third down. They yeah. knew they had to get more speed in the secondary. They knew they had to do better pressuring the quarterback. They've worked on that. They've worked on that structurally by bringing people in. They've worked on that organizationally. They've worked on that in the meeting rooms. They've worked on that in their team meetings. I mean, you've got to set you've got to set a mindset first because every team is different, and you know the mindset of this defense. 
is they know they can't let what happened last year repeat itself and depend on the offense, you know, to be able to carry an 11 and five season. That's just not the way it works. And so what we've seen, you've been at practice a lot, Buck. I mean, you, you, you know, the energy that, that, that both sides of the ball have been practicing and working with it. It's, it's something that is intentional. It's yeah. intentional. And so those guys that have been out there for these two weeks, they are showing that, that they have worked on and the mindset that's running throughout that building in those meeting rooms and on that practice field. That's what I think the head coach wants to see continue because that's extremely important. It's crazy how much the, the, the confidence level of this group of guys, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, seems to have really taken a step forward. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing just the way that they're carrying themselves as a defense. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Always good to catch up with Coach Mack. And, of course, you can hear him and Mike Keith and the whole crew on Saturday right here on the Titans home or the uh, the flagship's network of Titans Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Mack, have a great broadcast. I'll see you in the booth before kickoff. Buck, can't wait to see you in the booth. Lucas, great to see you again. Thanks for having me, guys. See you. Always a pleasure. All right, we'll put a bow on this show and on this week before we let Blaine and Mickey take over things here at Champions Run Golf Course. Polls next. Last segment of the week, we survived. Technical difficulties be damned, Lucas. We made it. We're surviving out here. At Champions Run Golf Course in beautiful Rockvale, Tennessee, 104.5 The Zone's 2021 Summer Golf Classic. We appreciate everybody who came out. The uh, The early morning flight is just returning. A bunch of people about to head out onto the golf course today. I don't know how hot it is out there, but uh, it looks like everybody's having a ton of fun. We have had a bunch of fun this week. We are so appreciative of everybody who calls this show, tweets this show, you know, sends me all kind of nasty messages about how bad I'm doing today. It's all very much appreciated because the show is nothing without you guys and the show is nothing without polls let's do it oh he wasn't ready At what point do you stop being the favorite if you aren't ready for the music? When does that happen? I think that's what makes me the favorite. <laughs> do you incompetence. watch good? Do you watch the Paul brothers fight? Yes or no? Oh. Speaking of incompetence, eighty-two yeah. percent vote no, which makes me happy. Well, I you know, but Tyron Woodley is fighting Jake Paul on Sunday, okay? And like, I get pissed at these circus sideshows that they keep trotting out as actual fights. But then I read more about what Dana White pays UFC fighters and how ridiculous it is that they don't get a cut of all these advertisement dollars that are now flooding the fight game. So instead they got to go and trot themselves out against Jake Paul because they'll get a bigger cut of the money. I don't blame these guys at all. Even as I think those fights are an atrocity and an embarrassment, I, it makes a ton of sense that those dudes are trying to get a payday because their sport won't pay them. It, nobody is cringier than those two guys. Nobody makes me oh, cringe yeah. harder than those two. So whether, even if they're getting the snot beat out of them, like, I can't do it. I can't. No, those it. guys suck, but, you know, they're smart at making money. What is your biggest concern about Julio Jones? Availability, lack of chemistry, and, or when he will get a new deal? 73% say it's availability. 19% say it's the chemistry. 8% the new deal. 
Yeah, it's the availability with Julio Jones. I mean, durability is a legit concern. Availability is a legit concern. At 32 years old, listen, he he is confident in his abilities. Why shouldn't he be? He's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wide receiver of a generation. The dude is going to go into the Hall of Fame at the at a position where it is tough to get those guys through because the way the passing numbers have just inflated through the roof in the way the game has changed. But availability is your biggest concern about Julio Jones right now. But it is nice to see him back out at practice as of late, even if his quarterback isn't. Which Titans need to show progress on Saturday? A.J. Brown for president says, first and foremost, the wide receivers, which I think is interesting. Uh, then the corners, the safeties, the running backs, and the tight end. Okay, he basically just lists every position. Just literally the listed the entire but he said roster. He said, first and foremost, the wide Good. receivers. Yeah. I mean, for me... For me, the I mean, that's the most interesting competition, right? Because it, it could go any number of ways with these guys. You know the skill set. You know the guys whose skill sets are redundant. But you've seen almost every dude at this position, outside of racing McMath, really, show himself to be competent not only on special teams but on the offensive side of the football as well. And Racy was not billed as an offensive, you know, as an offensive game changer. He's a... He's a core special teams player, and that's something that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson specifically targeted him for. But with Des Fitzpatrick starting to find his footing at practice and gaining a little confidence after that preseason game against the Bucks, now you have Chester Rogers, Marcus Johnson, Josh Reynolds, your free agent signing at that position. He's on a bit of a prove-it deal. How much can they further prove it to the coaching staff to see the way that they take a step forward on Saturday against the Bears? Ghost of a land shark defense says Dylan Radins. He's getting very nervous about the offensive line depth, but Aaron Brewer returning is big, which we hadn't really hit on yet. No, Aaron Brewer. Well, that's because it got buried in the Tannehill yeah, news. It was the same day. Aaron Brewer, who was an undrafted rookie last year, made the team, played some important snaps for the Titans when Ben Jones and Roger Saffold dealt with injuries at various times. Um, it was an extended sample size, but he does make you feel better about the depth behind the starters on that side of the football on that offensive line because the dudes out there right now have sucked. And Dylan Raidens looked fine against Atlanta, but my God, did Joe Tryon absolutely ragdoll him against the Bucks? And it wasn't just Joe Tryon. When, I, when they pulled out the third stringers, he was still having a hard time of it too. It, it, is, it is going to continue to be a concern um, even as you're not entirely clear who the starting right tackle is going to be. The Man Show says the Ficken kicker. And at oh. this point, Sam Ficken just has to not screw it up, right? I mean, yeah, no, it's it's his job. Like, it's his job. He just can't go into some kind of uh, week one Steven Goskowski death spiral and expect to come out clean on the other side. Like, that's not something that he can afford to have. But he was perfect yesterday in practice. He's been really strong. He made Tucker McCann better after they waved Blake Hawbeal and brought him in. Sam Ficken is the Titans kicker uh, until such time as he you know, loses the job. What's the most interesting storyline of the NFL season? Neil says it'll be interesting to see how the NFL reacts when outbreaks happen during the season and if there will be forfeits. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give up. I mean, they didn't forfeit a game last year, or they didn't, they didn't cancel a game last year, so there were no forfeits. They have put the policy in place to where there are serious, serious consequences if an unvaccinated player causes an NFL game to be canceled and thus forfeited, um, they are not going to miss out on money. If they played all 256 games last year through the worst part and the most unknown part of COVID, they're sure as hell not going to miss out on a paycheck this season.
Keith Kelly says Deshaun Watson, which is certainly one we're all keeping an eye on. David, I don't think it's interesting. I think it's just, you know, it's just, God. I, that, that's, that's, that whole situation, I, I can't imagine he gets on a football field anytime in the next calendar year. David Hamburger rattles off a few here. Will Father Time catch up with Brady? Is Matt Stafford an elite QB when he's not playing for a garbage franchise? And how does the AFC play out with so many stacked teams? And also, does Jameis have a career revival and keep the Saints a contender? Okay, so he just literally listed every storyline in the NFL this season. Correct. That's like the guy who listed the entire Titans roster Mm -hmm. earlier. Very good. Appreciate your support. And then Matt Davenport, (laughs) can Tampa Bay repeat? I mean, honestly, there. I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time, and I don't have this information at my disposal, Lucas. Maybe you could look this up for me. But when is the last time that a Super Bowl champion has repeated? Has that ever happened in the history of the sport? I don't know the answer to that question. But I know it's damn hard to do. Hell, it's, it's hard for those teams after winning the Super Bowl to even make the postseason after a Super Bowl run. But this is a team that returns all 22 of their starters from this championship season a year ago. And I, I don't understand how they couldn't get better based on how they were still basically finding their, their, the, finding their sea legs as the playoffs were proceeding. Brady was just starting to hit his stride, and that defense was tearing Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and then you know the odd Taylor Heineke up. Well, last time it happened was 2004, 2005, and the quarterback of said team was Tom Brady. Oh, very good. <laughs> so if anybody could do it, it's Tampa. And would you consider Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston busts? 58% say yes, 42% saying no on over 1,000 votes. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are divided on, like, the two of them specifically, like Jameis not being a bust because he's a starting quarterback in the NFL again, Marcus trending towards a bust given that the way that his career kind of petered out and looking at him now in Vegas without a real opportunity to get back in a starting role. I mean, I don't think that's a fair assessment of either of them given that they're still playing in the NFL. And the last time we saw Marcus, he looked good. But other than that, it is, it is hard to kind of, it's so weird to kind of see those guys out on a field in their different uniforms because you understand how high of hopes the rest of the NFL had for those two in particular and the way that it kind of flamed out. I mean, it's kind of like golf and Wentz, though. So many more, and this is, I don't, want, I don't mean to be redundant, but so many of these guys flame out instead of getting developed as NFL quarterbacks. Lucas, you're on the call tonight of a high school football game. Tell the people where you're at. Brentwood Academy is at CPA. 3HL will be broadcasting live from there, but Will Bowling and I have the call picking up at six. Two state championship contenders. First ever meeting between the two biggest private school institutions in Middle Tennessee. It'll be fun. That's why you got to stick with 104.5 The Zone all day long. Because Blaine and Mickey, they're up next.